the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. This is Simply for Women, a place for that mom who knows the chaos of life, the daughter who faces the challenges of the day, and for those women who want to deepen their faith. God invites us to take Him off our to-do list and to simply be to simply be with him. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. Now here's your host, Jennifer Jackson. Well, I am Jennifer Jackson, and you know, Simply for Women is a show that I want to take faith off your quote to-do list because I just want to help you to live more connected with God during every moment of our day. I used to think that my Christianity was about checkbox living, check I did this, check I did that. But no, I learned that it was about doing life simply, simply with God. I, I felt, I used to feel it was this huge mountain, a big project, but no, no, no. God just wants to be with you. He wants to enjoy you. He wants you to enjoy him. And so that's what we're going to do. You know, the last show, I ran out of time. This silly clock, too bad we don't have an hour or two, right? We could have a long coffee together. But on the last show, I was right in the middle of telling you a story. And so I wanted to pick that right back up because today we're going to talk about how God wants to resurrect the dead places in our life and I was telling you about this couple that we met, and it's, I hate to say, but it has been almost 30 years ago. I've been married 30 years in August, long time. I'm showing my age, but we had met this couple. We lived in Israel the first year of our marriage, and they had a little tiny shop, and we would go hiking and and, and tromping all over the city of Jerusalem together, looking for coins and archaeological facts and historical niches and all sorts of things. And in the process, this couple had this little tiny, and I mean tiny, restaurant with about two booths. And so we started a routine. We would hike, and then we would stop and getting to know them. And I started realizing she only has one dress, and she wears it every single day. And so the Holy Spirit just prompted me in my gut to begin to pray, Lord, they are so kind to us, but do they know you? What is their hidden story, and do they need something? Maybe they need something. And so I quickly realized that God had sent us on a people mission and I needed to find out the real story, but I had to build trust. And that was the first step. So I don't know who in your life God is showing you. Maybe there's someone open your eyes to see that he's prompting you to get to know, because I call these God missions, God people missions. There are people in our lives that we meet and it's not a coincidence it's because he wanted you to meet them and he wanted you to love them and to show you show them his love through you. And so here's this couple and we did, we couldn't afford to buy food there every day, but they would always say, "Oh, please, please stop." And so we began to just enjoy them and my prayers 
started increasing. And I began to pray for them every day and trying to build that trust with them and and that relationship with them. And so one day she seemed a bit panicky and she asked me in a rush, can you babysit my kids? I said, okay. And I agreed. And I was wondering if this was maybe the door answer to prayer for more information that would help us to better reach out for them, reach out to them. And so I'm, I'm winding behind her. She's, she's walking really fast on these cobblestone, uneasy, dark streets and in the inner city, Jerusalem, in the old city, I'm far from home. And I'm thinking, where is she taking me? You know, I've never been to her house. I've never been to anyone's house in the old city. And I, But yet I was determined to place some of God's love from my heart to her heart. And so I continued. And this dark apartment that we landed in had only three rooms and no tour, no introduction. She just quickly left me really fast with her two boys and hurried out. So I was kind of reeling and I realized, oh, they don't have beds. There's only blankets on the floor. There's no mattress here. We've got two little boys. Uh, they were young. And so we started playing games. Bef- and, and then I got them down for a nap. And while they were asleep, I went into the kitchen and I opened a cabinet and I saw it was empty. And I opened another and I opened another. It was empty, empty, empty. So I opened the refrigerator, empty. And one other cabinet I found and it had lots of liquor. And I was like, wow, we have two children, no beds, no food. We have liquor. So I said, Lord, I thank you. As hard as this is to see that now I know how to pray for them. And I've been asking you for how to pray for them. So I prayed for God's protection over their hearts and and over the children. And over time, God did answer our prayers. And it began with her. The mother's heart softened. And she began to pursue a relationship with Jesus. And so we continued just to build this friendship and to share some gifts with them, some clothing, eyeglasses, and mostly encouragement and hope. And so I left her, when we ended up moving back home, I left her everything I had, shoes, accessories. And it's so interesting because I'm five foot 10 and she was five foot 10, you know, and God worked that out. Like we were the exact same size. I thought that was pretty neat. So you had to prioritize helping them keep their dignity. I realized that he was an alcoholic. I realized that this was not going to turn around overnight and that it was a situation. And so we prayed and we prayed and it, it seemed hopeless. And some days it seemed impossible. And a lot of his grumpiness had begun to make sense to us. So day after day, year after year. So we stayed in touch for many years Uh, we exchanged prayers for waiting to see what God would do. And it ended up over time, and I mean years and years and years, God worked in this couple. They both came to know the Lord, and one of their children is serving the Lord full time. And so I wanted to, and we became very good friends, and God set them free and provided for them and changed their situation in so many ways phenomenal ways that you could never imagine possible. But I have to say that resurrection of that very dead situation seemed impossible. But as you continue on, I just want to encourage you today, persevere, press in, continue on whoever it is that you are believing for, keep believing for them and don't give up. 
You know, it says in Ephesians 6, it tells us to put on our full armor of God and it goes through all the pieces. And then at the end of that passage, it said, and when you've done all to stand, stand praying. And so sometimes you're in a battle in either your life or someone else's life. This was a battle in their life. And when I had done all, I just stood. I stood for that family. I stood with that family and I prayed. And you can do that too. God has an assignment for you. God is always worth the the wait. He's always worth the wait. And so he can do anything when we participate with him and ask him and notice and listen. So here's my challenge question for you today. Who in your life is worth the wait? So whether you are in the waiting or on the other side and something that needs resurrecting, what is worth that wait? What is worth that praying in the waiting? You know, God wants to resurrect dead places in our lives and in the lives of our loved ones. And so I wanted to read you a scripture. This can be your memory verse for today. It's a little bit longer, but we need to memorize scripture and hide it in our heart. It's the truth of God's word that gives us a strong foundation. So in John eleven twenty five, and this is straight out the words of Jesus, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. <laughs> Do you believe this? Do you believe this? That's what Jesus said. And so I thought I would pray this scripture out loud over you. This is something you can do. It's so great to take a verse like that, a powerful verse, and then begin to pray it over your life. And so it would go like this. Jesus, you are the resurrection and the life. I believe because of you, I have victory. I have victory over death. Thank you for my believing heart. Amen. Isn't that a simple yet powerful prayer? You know, God wants to resurrect your life. I think about the disciples and how they must have been devastated right before the resurrection, but then overwhelmed with joy when they realized that he rose from the grave. Have you ever experienced that in a, that, you know, roller coaster disappointment and then joy when God answers? So what hurt do you need resurrected today that only God can restore? What person do you miss that you know is in heaven waiting for you one day. I think about that. You know, we might really miss them right now. And yet one day they're going to be in heaven. You know, in this verse, Jesus says, he who believes in me will live. Even though they die, whoever lives by believing in me will never die. So I think about that. Take a moment and just imagine heaven. You know, tonight before bedtime, here's your challenge. Just picture all the people that you know that love God, or maybe all the people around the world that love God. And imagine heaven, they're bowing and they're praising him in heaven. Imagine yourself in heaven one day. We don't have to be afraid to die. You know, this year has been a year of being afraid to die because of coronavirus and so many, it's brought up so many challenges and fears. But Jesus says he's the resurrection. He's the life. And we don't have to be afraid. He wants to resurrect dead places in our life, and he wants to give us hope 
for an eternal life in heaven. And we can stand on that promise. We can stand on the hope of that. So just enjoy imagining heaven. Enjoy thinking about the people that you know that are there waiting for you. You know, when we get to heaven, we're going to worship. We're going to worship God. We're going to spend a lot of time singing and a lot of time worshiping. And that is one of the main ways that God resurrects us is through worship and singing, maybe bowing or kneeling and living a life of humility and praise because he will resurrect the dead things in your life. Just, I just want you to close your eyes and sense his presence right now. I want to pray a prayer over you. And dear Jesus, here it is. Dear Jesus, there are so many areas of my life that need resurrection and only you have the power Would you come now to restore and renew those places in my life? I'm awed by the beauty of your kingdom that is filled with people from every background and nationality. Thank you. I want to obey you quickly and run to you like Mary, John, and the others did. I want to see the miracles and live in your hope. I believe. Amen. Hey, we're going to go to a quick break. And I want to just encourage you that walking with God is possible. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. Stay right here. We're going to be right back. And we have a wonderful interview coming up. This is a powerful story and you don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. 